Hello and welcome to episode 55, uh, Storytelling for Brands. Welcome to the PR Playbook Podcast, the only podcast giving you actionable skills and advice you need to execute a strategic PR program. Warning, what you hear next may lead to brand awareness and increased sales and customer exposure. Now here's your host, Rinjini Joshua. Hello and welcome to episode 55. Today I have joining me Megan Alba, director, account director with The Silver Telegram and content curator. And we're going to be talking about uh, storytelling for brands and how important it is. And this is kind of our first go at a video. So excuse us for the weirdness. Um, we're just trying to get used to a new format. But yeah, hi. Hi, Megan. How are you doing? Hi. Thank you for having me on today. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited as well. It's nice to have another person on talking about the same things that I'm talking about. So um, Megan has been working with the Silver Telegram for what, like four years, I think? Four or five, somewhere in there. Something something like that. Um, If you can just move closer so we can hear you a little bit better, that would be good. Sorry, I know you're like all relaxed in your green chair there. Favorite green chair having a conversation. (laughs) Um, Green chair conversations. We'll take a little bite off of uh, Jada Pinkett Smith (laughs) with her her red people. (laughs) So- So storytelling for brands is pretty important, especially when we're talking about public relations and building our narratives to tell the media. So we wanted to talk about like kind of some key tips on how to develop a really good story and storyline. And you're going to do this many times when you're a startup or any kind of brand, really. So you're going to do this over and over and over again. And typically we usually have three or four storylines going at the same time, obviously, when we're pitching to the media. But I would just love to get your feedback on getting started and how to create a storyline and, you know, how some people can start thinking about stories and what they should be including. So how, how can we get started when we're developing our storylines or how do we do it, I guess? <laughs> Absolutely. So before we jump into that, what I will say is that, you know, a lot of, I think our clients come to us and say, well, I'm not a storyteller. And the truth is that everyone's a storyteller. And I like to say everyone has a story worth sharing. You're telling a story every day. Um, What we're doing is helping you to learn how to manage that narrative, how to recognize and manage that narrative in your own life. And so what we're teaching today can apply obviously across marketing and PR, but, you know, personally as well, your own personal brand. Yeah. So when we talk about storytelling, really the first thing to start with is the main idea and to, and to build it out from there. So sometimes the best thing you can do is to get back to basics. You know, when you're in the middle of launching a product, when you're in the middle of starting a new brand, starting a new service, there's so many different things going on that oftentimes you feel pulled in many directions. And sometimes you can lose sight of really the heart of the matter. You can lose sight of the nugget that spurred all of this to begin with. So what I recommend a lot of times is go back to that main idea. What is it? What problem were you trying to solve? What issue were you trying to address? What was the the main idea, the golden nugget, the light bulb moment that popped into your head and you said, I should do X, Y, Z to solve this problem. Go back to that main idea. And that's going to be the heart of your storytelling point. 
I think a lot of people get like lost in like the verbs, right? Like this is the cutting edge or next generation or whatever. And they, they love to like hear that what they're doing is innovative or whatever, you know, like we have all those like PR terms that we get sucked into. And I agree with you completely, like starting with the main idea, making sure it like, I always tell people, you know, if you have a personal or brand mission statement to make sure it like lines up with that. And it's like super direct. And I think that's like the best, that is the best place to start so that, you know, you're always staying true to the voice of the company and like the goals of it, rather than getting lost and saying that you are the next generation or innovation or all these fun, you know, buzzwords that we like to throw out there. So I, that's, that's a great point. Great. So like we start with the main idea, we start fine tuning it. Um, What's next? So I think that it's important to remember throughout to keep it simple. That's something that's really important. A lot of times, like you mentioned, people get into this and they're trying to throw around all these buzzwords and flashy terms. And at its heart, your communication should be simple. Someone needs to be able to remember what you said. Um, As a matter of fact, you've said it several times in your book, you know, call your grandma and tell her, (laughs) tell her what you just wrote down, give her your elevator pitch. And if grandma can't understand, you need to go back to, back to the, to the editing table again. Yeah. So you want to do your research though. Once you have that main idea, do your research and see what other people are saying about that same topic. See what your competitors are saying. See what people are, are saying about similar products. If you're, if you're the first or a new type of brand, what are people saying about similar products? From there, you can find your unique value proposition. From there, you can find those words that not everybody else is using. And from there, you can see what other people are saying that maybe is confusing the conversation and you can cut through that clutter. You can fix it while you're building your own stuff. Yeah. Yes. Look at everybody else's communication problems and be the solution to it. I know it's not, I know it's not creative, but I always say like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can use the stuff that works and like, get rid of the stuff that like trim the fat. You know what I mean? Yes. I think that a lot of people feel like writing and storytelling is this evasive magic, like type thing. And it's really not, it's, it's not necessarily following a formula, but there is, there are guidelines and there are formulas that are there. And it's really just about keeping it simple and finding a way to tell your story that connects to someone's emotions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find myself like, sometimes I like get overwhelmed when I'm like trying to write marketing copy or something like that, like what's going to land and what's not going to land. You get so focused on that. And instead of just talking in the voice that you think, maybe your audience has. So like kind of walking in their shoes, you know, doing that whole exercise. And I think some of our um, best campaigns and best projects have come when we've been in the middle of it and suddenly said, Hey, let's pause for a minute and make sure that everything is, is on point. And when we do that, we have those moments of clarity where we suddenly refine for the client. And that's when we really do see um, a positive response from the media, from their target audience, we get that burst of communication because we've gone back to basics. So don't be afraid of whatever we're telling you today. Don't be afraid to go back and do it again and again and again. And we're going to, we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. I know. Yeah. And, um, Rian and I actually, we just, Rian is another person we work with and we just had to do that for another client. And we just had to be like, wait a minute, these, this is not landing. Like what's going on. We know people should be responding. Obviously there's a little bit of kerfuffle around all the news and current events, but we felt, we felt like there should be more of a response. And so we were like, wait a minute, let's dial it back and kind of like go back to the root of it. Again, 
like exactly what you said, like start with the main idea, simplify and like been like, okay, who's going to be looking at this and why and when. And so we had to kind of regroup, but it's, it's hard. Like when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to go backwards you feel like you're going backwards, but you're really just refining what you're saying. Yes, you are. You're refining. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about yeah. that. <laughs> so what is the next step? So now we've, we've yeah. started with the main idea. We've kept it simple. We're doing research on how others are also doing it just to kind of build out the story a little bit. What's the next step in that? So your middle is always going to look different, but at the end, no matter what it is that you're sharing, you want to give a call to action. People want to be told what to do at the end of the day. So you want to give them some sort of action next step to take. I think here it's important to know it doesn't have to be go to our website and sign yeah. up or go purchase my product. There's a whole lot of steps between the first exposure and the moment when they decide to purchase the product and whether that whether those decisions happen as micro decisions that cause them to suddenly purchase your product or service within 10 minutes, mm -hmm. or whether that's a longer relationship, you have to work them along that path. And so um, your call to action, you need to think about um, the way that you're presenting the information, the medium that you're using, whether that's a pitch to the media or a social media post or a blog post. Think about how the audience is going to be seeing this and interacting with it. And then think about what the next step needs to be for that particular piece of communication. I think also like worth um, saying, because we do do, we do, we do do, we do a lot of thought leadership campaigns. And I think one thing to notice when you're doing stuff and building storylines for thought leadership, the call to action might just get to, might just be, excuse me, for someone to think about something. It doesn't, like she's saying, it doesn't have to be, and we're, we were talking about products because we work with so many, but it could be about thinking about something, joining a group, backing a campaign. It could, it could be so many different things. So um, when we think call to action, make sure that you're thinking like broadly in a sense of like, what kind of emotion do you want to evoke for the reader? Like, and what, and of course, what kind of action do you want them to take? But again, it doesn't have to be like a physical action, like buying something. It could be a mental experiment. It could be go meditate. It could be whatever, <laughs> a number of those things, but think of it in a broad sense, not necessarily in the sense of like purchasing something. Exactly. Purchasing. Because what, what you're doing is you're building a relationship, but you're also building trust. Yeah. You want them to trust you enough to ultimately say yes to your big ask at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's after you've done a bunch of these storylines, it's like, yeah you know, then you're pulling all of it together um, across your different, you know, social media, blogs, like you said. Okay. So we have our call to action and that's obviously not last, but not last, but not least, I guess. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's last and it's kind of next to last. So writing it's, is really a cycle. Yeah, it, it is. People think it think linearly with writing. It's actually just a big circle. It's a wheel. And yeah. Um, yeah, so the, what you actually do after that call to action is you've got to hit publish. You've got to get it out there. You've got to send that, that pitch. You've got to publish that blog post. You've got to you know, get that Instagram post up. Um, it can't just sit there forever. You've got to get it out. And then you have to uh, take time to evaluate the reaction to that and see how it lands and whether or not it sticks. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. So just like I was talking about with our pitch, like we saw that it wasn't landing and we had to reiterate it. Right. We had to like change it and just like kind of remove or trim the fat is like, I don't know why I'm using that term so much, but so test and modify your whatever storyline you've come up with and like, don't be hurt. (laughs) I think, I think that's the other thing is like, right. You can't be sensitive when you're writing stuff like this. Some things just don't work. And for us, I mean, like, I feel like I always tell people like being a PR person is like having a really deep lesson in rejection. Cause we are yeah. always, always getting rejected and learning how to kind of, you have to be really resilient when it comes to PR. Um, you do. And it's not a glamorous job. It's a yeah. lot of, of taking no and, yeah. you know, coming, getting right back at it. And like, and like said, learning how to get the yes. Yeah. 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 Learning how to get the yes. And that takes a lot of editing. And, you know, as a writer, uh, before I worked in PR, I, I knew I wanted to be a writer and I can still remember those early days. It really stung to get yeah. an article back with so many red marks. Uh. So many. <laughs> um, and just saying, you need to fix this. You need to fix that. But now that is invaluable to me because as someone who is pitching the media, as someone who is working with these brands, who is helping them to tell their story, you have to, in some ways, be ruthless with your own writing. You have to be able to, like you said, trim the fat and you have to be able to look at it objectively. So when you send, send out, when you test something out and you publish it, if you don't get a big response, what I would say to that is just fail forward. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You just learned what doesn't work. So yay, you can cross that off your list and modify it and move on to something that does work. It's not a bad thing when you don't get a response. It's just helping you to go back and hone in on that main idea and that message so that you get to the, the yes. You'll never meet more positive people than PR <laughs> It's true. <laughs> we are we are hopeless optimists because I like, we, I like how you're like, if you fail, yay. <laughs> you just learned another way that your audience does not connect. So just cross it off the list. Cross Again, it off the list. Yeah, narrow, I mean, yeah, you got to you got to stay tough. And you know, my my takeaways for most of my podcast is follow up, follow up, follow up, right? Like it's always a follow up. And whether that means follow up with the media, follow up with your own pitches, follow up with your own writing. I think it's really important to understand this is a ongoing process that is going to improve over time. Um, So yeah, I mean, you have to kind of stick with it. (laughs) It sounds cliche, but it really, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I think you and I are definitely both proof of that. You've been working in the industry for over 15 years. And I'm sure if you looked back at some of your work from the early days, you would see, yeah. We don't I was, I was actually, I was actually a terrible writer. Like I, I, I was just a terrible, terrible writer. I didn't, I think I just wasn't thinking. And so I would just put words on a paper and nobody, you know, I, I was, I was kind of raised in the era of like you sink or swim. And yeah. so when I first started in PR, that's how it was. It wasn't like, there was nobody training us it was either you sink or you get the, you get the pitches and you get the interviews or you don't. And then your success is measured by how much coverage you get. And so um, you just kind of had to figure out how to improve your writing over time or get to the point over time. And it took me a long time. And then all of a sudden it just kind of clicked and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Why am I saying all this other stuff? Nobody cares. And I think also 
from interactions with the media where they've said like, you know, be direct, be personal, you know, be concise, uh, tell us what you want. It's, you know, it comes straight from them. If you check out, like, if you, if you stalk some of these guys on Twitter, they'll tell you like every once in a while, you'll see a PR hate tweet tweet that says like PR people, please stop doing this. Like, read them and take those. And you might not be a PR person, but you might be a marketing person, or you might be trying to reach the media in, in kind of, in some way, everyone is a PR person to some degree. Right. So so whether, whether it's building like your professional brand or your actual brand or being a part of an organization, whatever it is. You are always telling a story, whether you realize it or not, whether you're controlling the narrative or not, you're always telling a story. What is the, and I'm just throwing this out there for you. What is like the worst rejection note you've had? Oh gosh. Okay. I haven't gotten a whole lot of terrible rejection notes. Um, For me, usually the worst is when they just don't respond at all. I mean, the fact that, and I know we get that a lot, but especially when it's, especially when I've taken a lot of time to personalize something. Yeah. When when you're like, you're like, yes, this is it. I made it. I have stalked your, your, your newspaper articles. I've looked through two or three different things. Like I've I've read your last few articles and referenced them. And when I don't get a response at all, then I'm just like, oh gosh, like what I wrote wasn't even worth a no. Well, no. Yes. Important. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the harder one for me is when yeah. I just get a nothing. Absolutely. You're like, dude, I just spent 30 minutes on one pit and nothing. Yes. yes. And you, you can't even, you can't even be bothered to tell me no, thank you. Yeah. And, and that happens. So I think that's important to know that also happens. That happens to us. It happens to people that are yeah, like uh, entry level that happens to senior level people. I mean, it just happens. So it's just like, Again, you have to take that with a grain of salt and be like, okay, well, either it was timing or it was something else. You know, there's a lot of reasons pitches don't land. Um, And it's not just about your storytelling skill, but timing is a big one. Relevancy, if something else happened, like let's say you sent that pitch on the day that, you know, the Capitol was like, you know, that Capitol news came out where everyone was charging Capitol, then of course it's not going to (laughs) be looked at. Um, so I think that's also important to understand is that there's a lot of other factors. You never know what's going on in a reporter's personal life. You never know when they're being pulled to cover another beat. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are those out there who say, I don't take pitches past, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and, or, you know, I only take the first like 40 of the day and then I delete the rest of them. You, you don't know. Everybody has a different process. That's why we talk about following up. Follow up is so important because everything can't ride on that one email, that one yeah. message. Yeah, no, that's totally good. Okay. So just to reiterate the ideas that we have in this, in this particular conversation. So we're talking about storytelling for brands. Start with the main idea. Keep it simple. Do your research on other competitive um, brands or stories that are talk- how they're talking, how they're positioning. Create a unique value proposition, like whatever's unique to you and your brand. 
always have a call to action and test and modify or, and follow up, I guess is the last one. So like, keep those in mind while you're building your story. Storytelling applies to every part of the PR process. So whether it's just a pitch, whether it's thought leadership, whether it's content for your website, you're going to need this for a lot of different materials, um, marketing materials, anything. So thank you, Megan, for helping me with this podcast today. Yeah. It's always fun to talk about writing and storytelling. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have you on as a guest in the future podcast as well. But um, if you guys have any comments or suggestions on topics for the PR Playbook podcast, that's a mouthful, please email us at podcast at thesilvertelegram.com. Until then, be well and stay safe. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks.